0: Welcome back, friends, to Outnumber the Podcast. You are listening to episode 104, Finding Your Passion Project. We are thrilled today to help you figure out what you're most passionate about and how to find time and energy to do it, even while being the best mom to your kids. So take a listen. Hello, and welcome to Outnumber the Podcast. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Audrey.
1: We're experienced moms to a combined total of 18 children. Our mission is to help overwhelmed parents find peace in parenting and humor in the chaos. Come join us as we attempt to uninterrupted conversation about parenting with joy and intention.
0: Welcome back, friends. We are excited to be here. And honestly, I have to say, I don't think I've been this excited to record an episode in a long time. I'm super, super looking forward to today's topic. How about you, Audrey? Oh yeah, we've had some good ones, but yeah, let's let's dive into this one. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, passion projects. And you guys, if you've listened for more than probably one episode, you probably know that Audrey and I both have passion projects that we love, things that we do that takes us away from our family a little bit, um, not always physically, but psychologically. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what drives us um, and what makes us excited outside of just the familial role of being mothers. Yeah. We're passionate about this topic. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> In fact, the podcast is actually one of our passion projects. Look at that. Woo-hoo. So um, to start, we're just going to share one little, I'm going to share a funny little story. So um, right now my husband has a couple extra days off during the holidays and we've been playing lots of games with the kids and my older kids really enjoy a card game called Nerds. I don't know if somebody we know made it up. I think other people have, I've, I've read about it on the internet, so I know it's, popular in some places. But anyway, it's a face card game and it's definitely one of speed. Like you have to slap down cards as fast as you can, get rid of all your cards. So my 11 year old has really taken taken a knack to this game and she's really, really good. And multiple times she had beat both me and my husband and the other big siblings as well. You know, her, she has two older brothers. And so, we're, so just at, in jest, I said, oh, Juliet, you should play this game with a hand tied behind your back just to make it fair to the rest of us. <laughs> so she said, okay, I will. So she sat on a hand and played around and still beat us all (laughs) with one hand. I'm like, how are you so fast? So then she played a couple more rounds like that and was still quite good. And so I said, all right, it's not really fair. Again, just joking. You should play with one hand and one eye. I think it's just your eyes are faster than all the rest of ours because you have to see where a card can go, you know? So she goes, okay. So she... Takes one hand and covers one eye and plays with one hand and one eye, and she still beat us. <laughs> uh, she's a natural. Oh my gosh. I was like, you know, if I weren't your mother, I'd be real irritated right now because, like, I cannot win against you, child, but I'm really quite proud. (laughs) (laughs) She needs to figure
1: out how to like do something with that in her life, like become her passion project. I mean not like a professional
0: card player, but something. (laughs) Like she should go to Vegas or be a magician, you mean? Yeah. Okay, I'll totally encourage that. Yeah, sounds great. Okay. So back to the topic. We are talking about six key steps to creating something you're passionate about. In fact, we talked a little bit about this in one of our very first episodes, episode 16 on time management. We talked about creating time for the things that you love and that really fuel you instead of waiting for that time to kind of fall into your lap. Like I'd really like to go on more bike rides, but I just don't have the time, but rather, you know, making that. So go back and listen to that one. If you have not, that one will really help you um, kind of put some of these key things into play. So uh, step one, we're going to talk about getting rid of the guilt surrounding things that take you outside of the home. And when I say outside of the home, I mean sometimes physically and sometimes just psychologically, emotionally. Right? You don't necessarily have to leave your house to do your passion project, but it will take you away from your children for a little while because you're doing something just for you. So I I think that at least in my experience as a mom. For way too long, there's been a clash between the stay-at-home mom camp and the quote-unquote working moms, which I hate that term because is there a mom that doesn't work? No,
1: there's not. <laughs> no, it no, doesn't exist.
0: We all work and we all love our kids. I think that's pretty pretty much a blanket statement, right? There should be zero gu- guilt for either of us in either camps and zero judgment towards the others who either work outside of the home or do not. Um, I feel like judging others for doing for how they do things is very often centered in our own guilt. I know it is for me when I see somebody doing something that, um, you know, maybe I don't feel so great about. I I tend to be judgy because I'm feeling bad about myself, which is so silly. But, um, and whether that's because you don't have a career or you don't spend enough time at home, et cetera, et cetera, just, just move on. It's not worth your time.
1: Yes, and just a side note, we do have episodes for both stay-at-home moms and working moms, both. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, go check out those episodes too if you can't remember those. But okay, here's the thing. You need to recognize that you're a mother for life. Once you have a child, you are a mother. It's it's your role in the in the family. But taking care of the small children, like the mommy part, the part that takes so much time and energy, that kind of lasts for a relatively short period, even if you have 100 billion kids like like Bonnie and I. <laughs> Uh, so many people have careers for 45 or more years, but most of us will have small children in our home for like, you know, 18, 20, or, you know, I've got a 22 year old and a one year old, so I'm going to get close to 40 years in my mommy career, but I'm not going to be wiping their butts the right. entire time.
0: You're only going to be small for a short period of time. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we do with those extra, you know, 25 plus years? That's, um. That's what we're focusing on today and like the opportunity to do something special, do something that you're passionate about with that extra, that extra time.
0: So one of the biggest things that we can do to help ourselves overcome this guilt is to get rid of that either or mentality, right? I think for many years, there was this thought that I can be a great mother or I can have an awesome hobby, career, job, whatever. And that's just foolish. Like I know literally hundreds of women who do an excellent job at both, at having an amazing hobby or an amazing career, and they're also an amazing mother, and they, and they even help each other out, those two roles, right? Um, and so I just think it's important to, to remember that whatever kind of mother you want to be, there is a way for you to find time for yourself as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good point. I really like how you said that, and instead of or. So, number two, second step is acknowledge that you are a creator. Um, Women have this special, special privilege of our bodies create the human race, continue the continuance of the human race. And we do find most of our joy and fulfillment in creative pursuits. It just kind of like it bubbles up. I know there's, you know, there's times when I've been sort of kind of latent in my creating and, and it'll just like, it'll just wake me up in the morning. I'll be like, oh my goodness, I've got this great idea and I have to do this great thing. And it's all this creative ideas just rolling around in my head. And I don't know, I think, I think it's a a special character trait that women have that we, we just need to acknowledge and, and be thankful for it.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And I think that very often we substitute the word creator in our brain for artist. And many people are like, well, I'm not creative. Oh, okay, you might not be an artist, right? That's what people think is like, well, someone who does arts and crafts or paints or this or that. But I really truly believe that every woman is intrinsically a creator and, and can find something that they find a passion to do that is creative, right? Um, so if you look up creativity in the dictionary, it says the use of the imagination or original ideas. So that's pretty broad. Like what hobby or uh, pursuit do you like to do that involves original ideas or using your imagination? What creative pursuit drives you?
1: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Use of imagination or original ideas. That, yeah, that's good. So what some examples that we thought of of jobs and hobbies that, you know, use your imagination are home design, decorating, gardening, architecture, sewing, content creation, like blogging, writing, podcasting, photography, videography, nutrition and fitness, makeup and skincare, life coaching, charity work, party planning, culinary arts, hairstyling. I mean, the list just goes on and on of things that use the imagination <laughs> and just get you fired up and something you can be passionate about. On each of these things on this list, you I'll bet you can think of some people who are just really passionate about that that thing
0: hopefully that list kind of opens up your mind to some things that you have, uh, used your own creativity for that. Maybe you haven't considered a creative force before, right? Okay. So number three, let's talk a little bit about self-care. We need to, every last one of us own up to the importance, the critical importance of taking care of ourselves. Um, our roles as moms just involve so much more than the physical care of children, right? There's, um, there's time and energy that we give towards our children. There's emotional exhaustion. There's It, it just takes every aspect of our being to be a great parent. And um, that means that we need to be extra careful of how we're taking care of ourselves. I, I think that everybody expects to be tired at some point as a parent, but we should never be sacrificing everything to our children, right? We should always be saying, actually, this is time for me to step back and recharge because I've given too much today or this week or this month or whatever, and mom's going to do some self-care so that i can be here for all of you.
1: So true. I have been exploring um, some of the idea in the um sort of japanese culture of the the yin and the yang and so like the like the warrior needs to rest, for example. So the caregiver needs to be cared for. <laughs> and that's just kind of like if one is lacking of the then the other is out of balance as well because it's not yeah, you can't, you can't pour from an empty pitcher. It has to be filled as well. And who better to do self-care for us than ourselves because we know what we need the most and what we would like the most. And I just want to point out that self-care is more than your physical body. It's taking care of your mind too. And we think, you know, moms, young kids, it takes a lot of physical care. And so we think about, you know, the caring for our own physical bodies, um, being in good good sh- physical fitness, um, being, you know, eating right, eating healthy. We have episodes Getting on sleep, all that. <laughs> yeah, sleep. Exactly. But the, but also our mind too. This is just something that has become so important to me in the past couple of years is taking care of your mind so that there's something that you can, again, so that you you can't pour from an empty pitcher, but your mind has to has to be filled too in order for you to be able to fill others. And yeah, so I think I spent I think this has become so important to me because I spent a lot of time just thinking things that that weren't very good on the self-care scale um, mentally and just how devastating and destructive that was in my own self-care. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just passionate for people to start thinking about caring for themselves mentally as well.
0: Oh yeah. I love that as well. Yeah. And, and mentally involves emotions as well as, um, you know, education, as well as the spiritual aspect. There's just so many aspects of yourself that need, that need care. And I love that you brought up that it's important that we are doing the self-care. I mean, that's why it's called self-care obviously, but I think, <laughs> right. I think way too many women Leave that self care up to those around them, like they think. Well, um, you know, I'll wait for my husband to give me a present, and then I'll feel good about myself. Or what? Like, it doesn't always work out real, real good, right? We have to be very vocal and very um, forthright about what we need and tell our families. I was just thinking of an example. Um, if I had friends call me up and say, "Hey, we really want to go." have dinner and hang out. Can you come tonight? And I was just feeling drained. I would say, no, tonight's not a good night. Let's do it another night. I need to, you know, catch up on some sleep or rest or whatever. And yet our families are constantly asking stuff of us, you know, time and effort of us when we are drained. And how often do we tell our families, no, I can't help you right now. Right now, mom's going to take a nap or right now, mom's going to sit down and veg with a book a little bit because I am just tapped out from parenting right now. That seems selfish for some reason, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. I said to one of my, I said to one of my kids the other night, um, when they, I'd asked them to do something, I think it was do something prep for a meal. And they came back to me and said, well, I don't know exactly how to do it. You know, can you do that? And so I said to them, you know, that if you ask me, I'm going to get up and do it. But I wish you would also take into consideration how tired I am right now mm-hmm. and that I did ask you to do it. So just kind of, and you're right, I did feel a little bit guilty about standing up for myself like that. Mm-hmm. And we do that all the time to ourselves.
0: Right. I've I've gotten a lot better about that and I'm really grateful for it. And, and with zero guilt to say, you know what, I'd love to help you right now, but I'm going to let you try to figure it out this time because I am exhausted. And right now what mom needs is five minutes to rest. And then i can help you in a little bit if you can't get through it but there is absolutely nothing wrong with that um and and then back to the passion projects you know when i spend time on pursuits that are not part of my immediate parenting responsibility not laundry or parenting etc um even if i'm still in the house just doing this separate thing i am a much better mother i come back to my parenting responsibilities just rejuvenated and happier and feeling healthier or more rested or whatever um, because I took something, some time for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Going back to the concept of getting your own pitcher filled so you can pour out and serve, pour out to others. Yeah. Okay. Now we want to touch on number four, what to actually do, how to find what you might be passionate about. I have known some women in my life and some, some mothers in my life and been myself in this position. Well, yes, I want to do something. I want to have a passion project, but what is it? I can't find it. <laughs> and sometimes I've been between, you know, projects myself and not known what's next, what to do next, what do I want to do? So, I find it helpful to ask myself some of the following questions. What do I enjoy? Where have my successes been in the past? What are my strengths? What do other people compliment me on? What do I think about? And so some of those questions help me narrow down and target in on some things that might, you know, just kind of one of any one of those questions might lead me down a path that takes me to a passion project.
0: Yes, I love all those questions that you asked. And I would also... um... Point, uh, listeners to episode 32 when we talked about one-on-one time we talk a lot about personality types and that can be a really good way to get an insight into who you are what drives you sometimes as moms we kind of forget who we are right because we're just bustling around you know cooking food and cleaning up all the time but uh, you can also ask yourself what what did you enjoy as a child right I actually thought for many years that I had a major personality shift between childhood and adulthood because as a child I was very much an introvert kind of nerdish. And then as a young adult, I was, I felt like I was more the life of the party. And now as a 40 year old, I'm like, Nope, I'm that nerdy introvert for sure. (laughs) I, I think that there can be phases where like different aspects of your personality kind of pop up, but going back to your childhood is really helpful sometimes. Like what did you like to do when you were 10? Um, and on top of that, I would say, try to rid yourself of any stigmas surrounding those things before you, um, Before you write them off, right? So, for example, when I was a kid, I loved clothes. I wore weird things and I loved sketching outfits from, um, you know, fun characters on TV or whatever. And for many years, I thought, well, You know, I thought that being a a clothing designer would be kind of like a kind of like being an actress. That's not really a possibility, you know? And so I pushed it away for a long, long time. And now that I'm older, I'm like, forget that. That's what I want to do. So that's what I'm gonna do, dang it, you know. Um, and there can be different ways of of pursuing those passion projects that look differently than what you ever expected before. So say you do want to be an actress, you love that. Well, maybe instead of, you know, leaving your family, moving to Hollywood, you could look into some local plays. Like, does your community college offer some plays that you could try out for, et cetera? You know, there are are lots of different ways of, of fulfilling those passions.
1: Yeah, that is such a good question to ask yourself, too. Because I think when the thing that's so charming about kids and their, what they When you ask them what they want to be when they grow up, they have like no inhibitions and they don't tell themselves no, that they can't be anything. So if we think back to what we wanted to be or what we enjoyed when we were also kind of in that uninhibited state, maybe we can find out a little more about ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The uninhibited stage. I think that's important.
1: Okay. Number five, become the person you want your daughters to become. So how would you feel if your daughters felt the way you do about motherhood? Like that's such a, it's a heart, it can be a very heartrending question. Like, um, so would you want your daughters to feel that being a mother w- didn't fulfill them?
0: Mm.
1: That would be really hard <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to think about your daughters feeling that way. But if you feel that way about motherhood, how are you translating any other feeling about motherhood to your daughters? And so if you have something that you're passionate about and you're, daughters, your children watch you with that passion. That's what they're going to want to aim for. And so, you know, we can be, I think our first responsibility is to be the right kind of example to our children. That's, that's the ones that we have the most responsibility for.
0: Yeah. And along those same lines, your children will largely grow up to be the kind of parent that you are. And if you are one that is ever sacrificing to your own detriment, what kind of parent is your kid going to be? Are they going to do the same thing where they're just exhausted and bone tired all the time? Or are they going to say, you know, I remember my mom sitting down and reading a book while the rest of us pr- prepared dinner. I can do that too. That's okay. Right? These healthy examples of taking care of yourself um, so that your family can, can get the best of you. I also think there's almost nothing as inspiring to children as seeing their parents go out and accomplishing their dreams, right? They're thinking, they're already thinking about what they want to do when they grow up and what kind of a person are they going to turn out to be and what, what's going to fill their their dreams and their time and their, their imagination. My kids uh, are constantly asking me about my business. It's really fun. How's, how's Novali going? Can I come over and help you package something? What can I do? It's really cute. Um, and, and I think that by you going out there and getting your dreams, you inspire your kids to do the same, especially with the same kind of like, um, you know, no holds barred talk. Like, sure, you can do that. Sure. Let's figure it out. You want to try something like that? That sounds great. Um, and and then you can also look for those skills that they show a propensity for as children and see a way for them to to use that in a hobby or a business.
1: Yes, I love that. Propagating an atmosphere of entrepreneurship or creativity or productivity or whatever your passion yeah mm-hmm. having that in you so that that can be an atmosphere that your that your children grow up in and kind of in a similar vein I think it's pretty wise to surround yourself with women or people who inspire you so like build your community It's kind of similar to the concept we talked about in one of our marriage episodes on if you are around people who complain about their spouse all the time, you'll probably end up complaining about your spouse too. So if you're around women who are pursuing their passion projects and they're really creative and passionate about something, you're going to be inspired by that and Mm -hmm. more inspired than um, if you're surrounding yourself or you know just by happenstance, your neighbors or your relatives or whatever, the people you hang out with, the women you hang out with are kind of, they don't have a passion project and they kind of complain a lot about that, then you're going to be like, how can you be inspired by that? And then the flip side of that coin is what other women can you inspire as you go out and make your dreams a reality? You have sisters, mom, a mom, cousins, neighbors, nieces. There's lots of women and other people watching you and what you do. So maybe if you don't have a little community around you of people who are pursuing their passions, be the first one and and start the club.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that idea. We're, what's the quote where the average of the five people we spend the most time with or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 Find people that are inspiring to you. And even if they don't live by you, you can have a a zoom meetup or something where you guys all talk about your, your crafts or your businesses or whatever exciting thing you're working on. That'd be so fun. Okay. And finally, number six, I wanted to touch on this because I feel like when we talk about passion projects or hobbies or businesses, people are constantly thinking that it has to be something that makes money. And I just wanted to give you permission that it doesn't have to, it can even take money away from your family. I know that that induces even more guilt sometimes, but sewing Audrey and I can attest costs a lot of money. We, we buy expensive fabrics and we buy patterns and we buy machines and things. Um, but I have never felt guilty about that because it fills me up so much and makes me so much more of a, a better mother that I'm like, this is the cost of my self care. And, uh, yeah. and I, I have ended up turning a lot of my, passions into projects that make money or businesses, because that fulfills me as well. Making money fulfills me, but you don't have to put that pressure on yourself if you don't want to.
1: So stay at home moms in particular, we can have a tricky relationship with money if we're not bringing any into the household um, and we're not the primary breadwinner. Um, It can be, it has to be an agreement, a transaction agreement between you and your spouse, if they're the primary breadwinner, that um, it's something that you've both agreed to. And and you're both good with that. But we don't have to take on guilt. If, you know, your spouse is completely taken on the role of the breadwinner, and you are the role of the caregiver, then that's good. That's great. That's an agreement. And don't, don't put guilt on that. So, I, I mean, I, this is tricky territory. And I think we have an episode coming up about specifically finances in marriage, and we're going to do a deep dive then. But anyway, Figure out how to get what you want. Build a healthy relationship with money. Um, There's a really, really good podcast um, episode that both Bonnie and I, we both listened to um, independently and then texted it to each other. (laughs) Like, you've got to listen to this. It's about women and money from the Life Coach School podcast. And it's just about getting your mind right about um, money. And so, yes, your passion project doesn't have to make money, but let's get our minds right about money before we decide if our passion project like let's not have that take away from our passion project if it's not part of the equation
0: totally um and it is definitely a it's definitely just thought work you know when it comes to getting over stuff that that frustrates you about money um it's definitely just your thought process right feeling like maybe you're not good enough because you don't make money or whatever and like i said we like audrey said we'll talk more about that in another episode but such good thoughts love it I think that it's important to realize we now live in a glorious time in this world where being a breadwinner no longer means you have to leave your family for 40 to 50 hours a week. It's phenomenal. I mean, it can mean that if you really need to leave it. You can totally do that, too. And many amazing mothers do um you can get an education from home college or otherwise right you can build a hobby you can build a business from home you can hire an amazing nanny to come take care of your kids so that you can go out and build one of these things as well build your dreams um it's just i feel like the world is our oyster right now especially for women who are taking care of kids like there are so many opportunities to find something that builds us up and makes us happy um so you know get get creative once again look outside the box look for opportunities to do the thing that you love to do while still uh, spending the time with your kids that you want to spend
1: Oh yes I think 2020 has shown that everything can be done from home <laughs> seriously <laughs> uh, yeah uh, kids are going to school virtually um, people are working remotely it's all happening from home so we can't like use that as a as an excuse or you know there can't be any stigma on that anymore mm-hmm. Okay. So one, one more item here is that God designed you and built you exactly as you are for a reason. And the world needs you and your talents. So if, if we're feeling pulled to contribute to the world, just don't get out from behind your kids. You know, we talk about the children hiding behind the mother's skirts, get out from behind your children, (laughs) go (laughs) get it, go pursue it. Um, if you've got a, a passion project or you want to have a passion project, um, you can. Here's your permission. Here's the sign you've been waiting for. Go do it.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly.
1: I was listening to another episode of the Life Coach School podcast. It was called Desires and Dreams. And there was a quote that has just been resonating with me so strongly ever since. It says, you wouldn't have been given a desire or a dream and not been given the ability to attain it. So that was like so powerful to me. Like, If you want to do it, there's a reason you want to do it. And you also have the ability to do it. So the only thing stopping you is your mind and your doubts. And so go, go for it. Just put those aside, pet them and say, yes, I see you now sit down and be quiet. I'm going after my dreams.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I love that. What a great line. And on the flip side, that being said, I will also say that right now might not be the perfect time for you to develop those talents quite yet. Survival times are not the ideal time for building businesses or hobbies. Um, I specifically remember having created a spare room in my old house for my sewing room. And then I had twins and also three small children under six. And I remember walking past that room and peeking in and just going, "Ah, I want to sew. I want to be creative. I want to do these things. And that was not the time. There was probably a good year, maybe 14 months where I did not do hardly anything Like that. I did do self-care. Like I would leave the house and do other things, but none of those big creative projects that I did before, because there just wasn't the time or the, or the brain capacity. I was too tired and too overwhelmed. But as soon as possible, I got back into it because I knew how important it was for me. So if it's not the time for you, that's okay too. Here's also permission to say, it's not quite the time for me yet, but it will be soon. Don't put it off forever. Right. Don't let that survival time go on forever. So that's our episode for you guys today. I hope that you really take this to heart and ask yourself, what are you doing to build up your own passions today, tomorrow, next week, sometime soon, because we guarantee it will make you a better person, a better mother, and make you overall more happy. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for tuning in. Did you know you can help the podcast
1: in several ways? First up, we're on Patreon, and there are three different levels to support
0: us there. Just head to patreon.com slash outnumbered. Next up, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a written review on iTunes. It helps other parents find the podcast and receive the help you're enjoying. And finally, you can follow us on Instagram at Outnumbered the We're always having fun over there, too. As usual, if you have any questions or ideas for future episodes, you can reach us at outnumberedthepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Right, right. And I think one of the first things that we can do to help ourselves in this regard is, can you hear my chickens? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody left the door open. Hold on. They are going bananas. I can still your open. door open or the chicken door open. Well, no, my door, but it was just an open crack. <laughs> but good night. They were being loud. Oh my gosh! They okay. had something special. They found seriously. Okay. <laughs>